Hey, so how's it going? This is Trevor Champagne Sharks. Go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and become a patron $5 a month. Get access to all the back episodes. So you get about double the content just by signing up for $5 a month. Unlocks over about maybe 125 plus episodes at this point. You get access to the Discord voice and chat server where you can talk to other uh, Champagne Sharks fans. Also get previews of upcoming guests and ask them questions and a lot of other good stuff like that. More stuff coming up as well, but definitely do it. It's uh, worth it. And also go to at Champagne Sharks on Twitter to follow the Champagne Sharks Twitter. And if you want to send us any emails, champagnesharks at gmail.com. And with that, I'll let our guest introduce himself, Joel Hill. Hey, um, Joel Hill. I'm a bit of an incel enthusiast, I could say. Um, wrote an article a little while ago which caught Trevor's attention uh, just about incels in a way that I felt wasn't being covered by the media at the time, which was that it seems like a big sort of dogpile to more or less just shit on incels for various reasons. Um, but it seems like a really sort of uniform perspective to take that there is this immediacy of bullying and derision toward a section of society that I think needs a really big hug and a lot more. Yeah, and uh, that's like not the usual uh, take because one of the things that we, and I'm not immune from this, one of the things that we talk about is how the default mode when talking about incels is always scorn that, you know. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, 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 scorn or mockery and stuff like that. And, and sometimes yep. you can't help it because there's this one guy, for example, I forget his name, but it's a black guy on YouTube. And, and we talk about, and, and we're going to talk about this too, about the myth that incels are like all or mostly white guys and how there's like a big chunk Ugh. of mi minority incels. They might even be, honestly, yep. I think like maybe half or more because I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of minority incels. And uh, there's a black one who just is always um raging online and people will go onto his page just to watch him kind of uh flip out it's yeah. kind of funny but you know but because like he just goes from zero to a hundred and then back to zero like in his car yep. i don't know if you've seen this guy i can't remember his name uh is this eggman um, no oh no this is a yeah, black yeah. Guy? It's, it's a it's a black guy and i cannot remember his name i'll find it while, while we're talking but yeah he has started um kind of getting past he, he's been trying he's just starting to get past um you know the whole incel thing and he's joining like wrestling school and he started doing pro wrestling like as a hobby um, oh wow um, okay and and um oh yeah his thing was um ken tv i i, I found it uh ken tv was e ken okay. tv was easily the most popular young black incel on youtube interesting According to a comment left on one of his most recent videos, Kent History and YouTube, he was the first black man that talked about insult problems in the black community. He was, as in past yeah. tense. He didn't kill himself, but he tried to kill off his digital stuff by deleting his old channel and videos. Uh, despite his efforts to erase his past, however, many of his video confessions are still online, reposted by others, uh, bobbing around like embarrassing flotsam. But basically, he... Um, has kind of tried to give up their incel life. He's found like yeah. uh, hobbies and connection, but he's still not like dating or whatever, but he's um kind of made a certain amount of, he's, yeah, working, he, on. he's working on it and he's kind of made a certain amount of uh, peace with it. He made, um, yeah. he made this uh, transformation and, and he said like in, in March, he released, he released a video about his transformation. He said, I've been trying to work on myself. I've been doing a good job at it. I try to build myself up mentally, yeah. physically and financially. I'm only human. I've made, mistakes yeah. i've made a lot of mistakes as i think about it i really 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 regret making those videos um but what's interesting is with all this improvement which kind of started getting me uh building a uh, empathy toward him like what you said like he wasn't just a funny guy um passing yeah. out anymore and like he was kind of like seeming more and more human and stuff i actually thought it was a yeah, bit before that's the, what yeah. i found interesting is as i was getting the empathy for him and i wasn't laughing at him any, anymore and he wasn't like a two-dimensional guy and i actually started feeling bad for laughing at him before yeah. what's struck me was he didn't really move past thinking that he could never ever ever get laid he just kind of made this kind of weird peace with it and that's something mm. that i think yeah you talk about a lot this fatalism about it this unchanging yep. aspect they have to the idea that they can't get laid acceptance yes ex acceptance and, and that's kind yeah. of what 
which is yes yeah, yeah yeah so it's kind of weird it, it seems like he's better if he's calmer he's finding hobbies and doing whatever but i still can't help yeah. feeling like it's a not a fully constructive thing because there's still a sort of what you said that that acceptance but the acceptance still kind of is rooted in a type of uh, feeling of unworthiness you know yeah, there's, there's an otherness to it. The the idea that there is this sort of normalcy of relationships and human contact and human friendship and bond, which you are disqualified from. Uh, and then you've got the angry incel who will fight this idea, but fight in this sort of in vain um, because the, the battle is unwinnable, which is something they discuss constantly. It seems like this kind of rage has this underlying idea that things might change if they just kick back hard enough and change society somehow or you know it's um it's got this very sort of revolutionary tinge the whole idea which people love to quote of um you know sort of government sanctioned girlfriends and things like that uh they love arranged marriages for the sake of uh you know just having things sorted out for them and uh and that little spark of hope in the back of their head, I think, does have um, a way of continually antagonizing them towards positions of sort of uh, fury and inadequacy and, you know, and sometimes violence. One thing I find interesting was those type of conundrums, because, for example, you talk about how they kind of worship the idea of arranged marriages, uh, are actually envious of countries that have them and stuff, but also... They yep. disdain paying for sex because there's this feeling like, oh, if I have to pay for sex, that's not the kind of validation I want. That just confirms to me that I'm yep. one of the unfuckables. But what I find interesting is yep. I would think the arranged marriage would kind of bother them, too, because in a way it's kind of uh, an arrangement. It wasn't like they went out and courted the girl. But I guess on the spectrum of things, I guess it's still the family, I guess, has to approve of yours. You know, there's not this, this monetary yep. obligation, but it's... Uh, yeah, it fits into their valorization of uh, virginity as well. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, so that's a big difference too. Very highly. Yeah. Yeah, hugely. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the whole thing of, you know, being so obsessed with status, um, I think they find it very uh, status lowering in order to pay for it. I think that they think that sex workers are of low status inherently. Um, and the idea of an arranged marriage really erases the issue of status from that uh, what I guess you could call as a transaction and it really appeals to a lot of them but then again you know like uh, everyone's different it's a very atomized community and the more I've looked into it in recent times um, I've found that the divergence of opinions and ideology and things like that is becoming a lot more than when I wrote the original article where I felt like there was a lot more of a consistent narrative between uh, the Reddits and the forums that existed at the time, a lot of which have been taken down. Um, and now I'm finding that there's a lot more disagreement within the conversation between the guys that someone will valorize ER and the other one will say no he was a total you know fake cell he could have got laid if he just you know was this oh he's a mental cell you know he's had a good oh, face. oh yeah and, and please explain all those terms like pretend like people don't know what any I mean even including e ER yeah. I know what ER is because I, I think I, I think you might get <laughs> gotten too immersed in your research and now you're just using the shortcut yeah yeah, that's it. There's, there's a lot. There's a there's a real glossary of um of incel terms. It's quite a uh, broad universe. A lot of it's pretty um, clever. It, it is actually, it's <laughs> so begrudgingly so. Um, ER is Elliot Roger, who was the uh, Isla Vista shooter many, many moons ago, who wrote a giant self-indulgent narcissistic manifesto about how basically he was going to get revenge on society that won't have sex with him. Uh, it was a real, uh, you know, sort of, um, woe is me. Uh, and it even comes off so much sadder because the kid was rich as, and not that unattractive, a little bit short, a little bit feminine. Um, but uh, he, was, he was really was a bit of a prick. Um, whereas uh, a lot of the, um, the kids on these forums, if you see their photos and things like that, you really do feel a lot of sympathy for them because they are genuinely struggling. Um, you've got the, the different types of cells. So you've got Volsa, which is voluntary celibate, which is actually its own little subculture, but also is something to a term of derision, hilariously enough, for people that are too attractive to be incel. You know, like, oh, you're not an incel, you're a Volsel, you're just not trying hard enough, which is hilarious because it's so subjective. And, and it's also kind of funny because that's the kind of thing they probably hate to hear in their own life from their loved ones or whatever. Like, you know, you're not trying hard enough. Oh, but yeah. to someone else, yeah. they oh, might yeah. find maybe even marginally better looking than them. They uh, will use the same thing on them. Like, oh, um, yep. just pick yourself up, try harder, you know? It's, 
Yeah, the irony is dripping from these situations. It's just brutal. Uh, yeah, there's really so going ER is basically going Elliot Roger, which is to go on a uh, so like you know like a killing spree. Um, it's a, a part of what they like to call the the beta uprising. Is they're all beta males. Um, it's the thing that Alec Manassian talked about a lot when he did the uh, the van attack in Toronto a few years ago, where he was basically saying that this was a part of the beta uprising. But the irony of the beta uprising is that beta males aren't very good at uprising. So it's uh, going to be a very challenging. Yeah, revolution. they're not very good, probably. And I'm not, I'm not saying this to be um, derisive, but just to be uh, literal, like this is not just me making yeah. the, the, the cheap living in the mom's basement joke but a lot of them well, yeah a yeah. lot of them even if it's not literally in the mom's basement they're in the four walls of their room in front of the computer there's a lot of screen time involved yeah. you know yeah oh, whether it's their yeah. own apartment whether it's a dorm whether it's their house whatever there's there is there is some truth to the idea of living your life online we had a we had a guy who was who wrote a book on um 4chan on i had, I had actually yeah. listened to some of the stuff because i was thinking i didn't want to just repeat a lot of the same stuff because there might be some unintentional overlap with these topics so Although you know i kind of want to give yeah. you an idea of some other stuff that we talked about but it, yeah like the three things that you know came up it was, it was dale dale Bur dale Buren. uh i listened to the most yeah guys. He, he was talking about uh like three things that come up a lot is like uh nihilism dropping out like as far as yep. like you know just just giving mm -hmm. up on uh, trying. And then like the third thing was uh, yeah. living your life on the screen. And I think a lot of people now, especially generationally, are living their life on the screen. Like Especially for people young enough that all they've known is the internet. They, they don't know, they don't, rem they don't remember a world without it. Yeah. Well, they've got like their own little acronyms for that. There's LDAR, which is lay down and rot. And then there's the NEATDOM, which is the not education, employment or training. And, um, and that's the sort of like the incel lifestyle. You know, you, you really hope you have benevolent parents or some kind of incidental wealth, which means you don't need to be a wage cock, which is someone who is, uh, you know, sort of normal employment. And you can basically just sit in a sea of Mountain Dew bottles and Dorito stained fingers and just generally just sort of, you know, get fat and die. Um, that's the, the sort of like the incel dream they try and sort of push on these forums. And, you know, there's that ever long, like sort of like, you know, Newtonian battle between the idea of like, you know, pushing to strive to better yourself, finding resistance, and then going the exact opposite way in completely resigning in life. But resigning in life uh, in a place that has a fairly limited welfare system and very bad minimum wage um, is quite hard. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know what's interesting? Uh, I think it, a lot of this kind of goes along with bigger political activity I'm not sure what the scene is like right now where you are, but here in America, there's been like a big rise in the idea of socialism and stuff and w w with millennials. Uh, but it's like whether it's socialism with uh, Bernie Sanders or whether it's the alt-right with Trump, both of them have this thing where they're both different than Gen X. They're both different than um, the boomers in that. I feel like Gen X and the boomers still had this kind of American dream life set, uh, mindset, yeah. mind over matter, especially yeah. you know, like that middle class moxie that just try harder, read these self-help books and m motivational stuff. And millennials, I yeah. think, kind of just realized, you know, um, we got handed a bad world. Like uh, uh, people mortgaged mm -hmm. our future on their present. Like, you know, uh, we, we inherited all these yeah. debts or whatever. So both both the um outright i think the the new socialism have both kind of come out of this sense of nihilism the sense of bleakness they've just taken different yeah. solutions to it like one just wants to just wipe all identity all whatever out and just um make everybody pay or make nothing matter while the other one you know wants to redistribute wealth or whatever and i feel that same generational change and that manosphere stuff because in the in the arts where it was probably mostly gen xers and older millennials uh, who were angry online at women there was this idea of the matrix we're going to hack the code we're going to reverse engineer the code of sex everyone's going to be a pickup artist everyone's going to learn game or whatever yeah. and yeah. that thing kind of faded out uh one of the original guys Rush v he's like now like evangelical yeah. christian or something um oh, yeah really good to be honest uh, thanks well, 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 <laughs> what a well no because he's made his christianity he's found a way to make his christianity like misogynist and hate like like he, he, he oh, he's filtered good. it through like uh he's basically fundamentalist kind of thing now <laughs> he, he basically found a way wow. to just make it the same uh toxic belief system just applying uh religion so what a spectacular asshole oh, he yeah. is. Oh, yeah. He, uh... 
that's very impressive. You almost take your hat off to me. You think, wow, you've really taken this to a next mm. level. You real piece of shit. Yeah, when I heard when I heard he um when I heard he went religious, I thought, oh wow, is this one of those things where he's gonna be regretful for everything? But instead, he's just. Yeah. kind of like, like he's isn't that trad wife stuff i think and and yeah yeah i can picture that yeah but that's very incel stuff yeah too. yeah yeah it is that's what i'm saying even like the older ones and you know you know the older ones are calling it now they're calling it the god pill like you know like the red pill oh, the black god. pill and they've called it the god pill like we just kind of <laughs> realized that society's fucking oh. <laughs> <laughs> how many pills are we gonna have god i think we're gonna oh, I, I know them. right the, the fucking god the, the god yeah. pill like like so they, they made religion into like a new uh belief system but but yeah but the old guys have given up on this idea that they can hack or save the system they, they basically invest in the afterlife yeah. they're like you know what <laughs> this, this life is like fuck let's just let's just see what we can do by getting into now it's not even making this life yeah. paradise it's just uh, getting to that one um we can't do anything there's no virgins here but they might be there Yeah, exactly and, and uh and and these new guys coming up are part of that millennial that gen z or younger millennial mindset where it's like there's no improving uh this world as it is it's like there's no individual solution to this crap we've inherited and it's and i think uh they had a report saying that the traditional manosphere type of thing has kind of shrunk or changed but these younger people coming in most of them are coming in through the insult route like, like they're not coming in through the the old red pill or the or the MGTOW or the mra route like that's the fastest yeah. growing uh part yeah. yeah, well, I mean, like one of the things the MGTOWs is inching and, um, you know, they, they've they've had experiences with women, they've backfired and now they've sort of taken their ball and gone home. Um, but one thing with the incel movement, which I think is often overlooked and is a bit of a point of contention, but the idea that people who are in their 30s who have never kissed or intimately hugged a woman or had sex, of course, uh, are out there classified as incels and then someone who maybe hasn't got laid in a couple of years, who maybe lost their hair when they were 28, now they're 30 and they found it hard to get laid on Tinder, um, they throw themselves in the incel thing and it gets muddled, this idea that, you know, if you're an, a MGTOW type who's been burned by a woman and you can't really get past it and you stink of desperation and anger and no one wants to have sex anymore, that somehow makes you an incel. Like, the incel term is thrown around much harder than it should be and there should be a bit of a nuance to it and it hasn't exactly been fleshed out but a real incel like a true cell as they like to call them is someone who really has lived quite a life of severe isolation to the point where a lot of them do not have even conventional normal friends not to mention female friends and that idea of lookism and the way like you know like people discriminating based on looks it extends not only to the interpersonal relationships with women also with friends friends will find that they don't have the same amount of time for the ugly guy as they do for the other or of course if they're mental cell that's a whole nother oh, yeah. story what, what is mental cell just shun them well mental cell is uh mostly autism but other general anxiety disorders and other social socially sort of um uh difficult uh, mental disorders i can't exactly reel off the dsm in front of you but people you know with these kind of anxiety social disorders will find it very difficult to socialize and not surprisingly find difficult to find mates uh, in an increasingly atomized world where we don't really have a sense of community understanding someone who comes off as a little bit awkward or a little bit unpleasant is very easy to discard uh, whereas in a, a, a village type scenario, you might have more understanding for it and there might be more of a, oh, I know that guy, he's this and people get each other in this sort of, you know, um, zero sum 30 second world, they're very easy to throw away and they get thrown and, away. Um, and they find and the really cool. imagine this post in the world is like, gotta be even crazier. Like no one has an intention to spend anything. Like you have to have a perfect picture. You have to do whatever. And. I mean, and, and one thing yeah. I saw in like a lot of the literature, like like the reading about this stuff, is uh, Tinder is a big, big uh, point of contention with them. Like fixate on yeah. Tinder all the time. I was looking at this article about uh, Chad fishing, and uh, and, yeah. and actually, can you uh, describe like what a, a Chad is, and like a Virgin and a Stacy and all that stuff? The, the, the various so characters the Chad- in the psychodrama. Yes, that's it. Yeah. So you've got the Chad, uh, which is the uh, the white athletic uh, alpha male uh, who all the girls want to fuck. 
Then you've got your Tyrone, which is a black equivalent. You've got your Beckys and Stacys. Beckys, you're more like sort of, you know, eight out of 10, pretty hot, pretty clever, maybe wears glasses. Your Stacys, your 10 out of 10 cheerleader. She doesn't need to be clever because she's incredibly attractive. And these guys all have their own little, depending on who you ask, is it 80-20, is it 5%, is it 1%? But they're at the top tier of this uh, bizarre hierarchy of sort of social achievement. And it's mostly based on genetics. Um, very few aspects of this are based on whether Chad has, you know, like a sort of sparkling repertoire. But of course, you know, when it comes down to it, the they're, they're idolized as being perfect. And uh, and they um you know they they intermix with each other as such and the um and the incel type has absolutely no chance in getting anywhere near these people. And, and the tough thing is, it's such a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. I have to imagine because yes. rigidity is a very big part of this. This idea, it's almost like genetic determinism. Actually, it's not almost. I mean, I think it is. Yeah, it, it is. is genetic determinism. It absolutely. Yeah, is. yeah. Your personality yeah. can't do it, and um, personality can't change anything your bigger yep. cancer and it's a total like opposite at least on the surface of uh the old pickup artist or a game world where there was this idea anything yeah. was hackable like you know it was uh it yeah. was both of them were like delusional but to like different extremes because like like that delusion, yeah, yeah yeah the pickup artist thing may seem like like nothing everything was like, almost like an illusion it was like you can just yeah you can break down this wall yeah and and anything was like like you, you could compete with brad pitt i uh, did enough yeah. game and did enough forms but what was interesting about i think was that in a very practical way kind of a hidden way that world was not that different than the incel world in that the people weren't actually getting laid they were just kind of swapping yeah. tall tales. Like they were spending more time theorizing and talking about getting laid and coming up with um like like you know when someone gets off and of making plans they're never gonna do, like you know, like and it's kind of like masturbatory. I think there was a lot yeah. of that, but there was at least a delusion of it where it's like, uh, yeah, you know, if we hone our game enough, we're gonna go out there and um, you know, do a field report and get all these girls, but they were just always really yeah. online, but whereas the incel guys don't even pretend the delusion. They, they spend just as much as time online, but they're not even pretending they're going to go out and conquer the world or get these perfect pickup lines and stuff. Totally. Like, I mean, with the, the pickup artists, they've got their own sort of delusions. And one of the things, like, I think the, uh, the word game really does need to be replaced with manipulation. Yeah. Because uh, that's exactly what it is. And all of these tactics are manipulation tools. And I think, you know, I don't want to speak on behalf of women, but I think most women have a situation where they've had a sexual encounter they didn't want, but instead of saying no, they've gone along with it just to make it go away. And this is something I think they exploit quite heavily by putting themselves in a position where it feels like more of a hassle to say no than to just go along with it and wait till it's over. And this is a kind of uh, sort of um, sexual manipulation. I don't like to use the word rape in a situation like this. I don't think that's for me to sort of decide what rape is in these circumstances, but it certainly isn't not, if you know what I yeah. mean. Like to on these pretenses to manipulate someone into a situation where they feel like resistance is kind of futile and to hone your skills to make it so socially awkward for them to leave a situation which is inherently based on the insistence of sex. Uh, I don't see that as being something you should really be striving toward. And I can see why these people who feel like they're, um, you know, trying to achieve some sort of means, if they think this is some sort of zero-sum game, then yeah, I'm I mean, that might be a really effective way to do it. But, uh, but it cements your place but, in hell. But you want to know something, though. I think really the, the situation you describe is actually quite rare. I think, I think, I yeah. think there's a small minority of them actually get those like stupendous results. But what I think those guys are, if you ever like see them and stuff, I think they're like people who are just kind of cool regular guys but just a little bit sociopathic yeah. right yes yeah, a little bit and, yeah. and they just figure this is all i think that really works out of all that stuff is a numbers game like you can't just never approach and do anything and expect something to happen like you know you gotta have a numbers game work out a little bit have boundaries like like don't let people walk all over you have some confidence yep. you know and be willing to like escalate i think like that's basically the only five rules that really matter i think like that handful of guys that's already kind of good look not socially awkward they just 
aren't maximizing yep. like sex results. I think that's a small amount of people who will go into that pickup artist and yeah. uh, actually like uh, crush it and be those borderline rapists and all that stuff. Whereas I think a vast majority yep. of them are actually like incels in disguise. I mean, and even for, even in disguise yeah. themselves, they just have way deeper problems. Uh, they, uh, regular tweaks not going to um, help them. They just, no matter what they're going to do, it's not it's not going to work because their problems are deeper. And they mask it by just doing this endless prepping. Like, I'm going to read thousand books on game. I'm going to talk yeah. online and just go to the yeah, seminars. Go to the seminars. <laughs> I'm going to chat with people online. And this endless theorizing is kind of like a stalling, a way to never do it. And when you look at what the incels do, it's really like, what, 80, 90%, I think of, the online pickup artists uh, do. And I think it wasn't really that different a thing. And I think a lot of people actually came to incel from that because there was a site PUA hate that ended up getting tanked yep. because of uh, Elliot Roger. Yeah, did, yeah. But it was all these people who were basically, I think the proto incels, right? They just basically were yep. people who tried the PUA stuff and realized, wait, all this stuff is a lie. All this stuff that attraction is not real, that attraction can be learned, can be mastered, that looks don't matter, that, you know, you can just uh, game your way into like the hottest girls. That's not true. And then they got like really bitter and went into PUA hate. So that PUA hate site, which was that officially considered an incel site or... I, I remember playing around with it a while ago because it was, yeah, and it was, um, I, I don't know if it was ER that uh, had it shut down, but it shut down a few years ago. Um, yeah, it shut down after Elliot Roger, I think, because of negative attention. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it is, it's like, it's, it's hard to say that's an incel site because, like I say, like you know, when it comes to incel, I really see it as being the, uh, the the true form of the of the of the word, which is that people who have literally never had female contact, who have been completely isolated, and are usually either sort of you know uh, in their late twenties or or thirties or forties or fifties even. Um, these are the people that really have experienced that bone yeah. crushing loneliness. Yeah, and I, and I think and, people like that yeah. used to find a way to pick up artist forums, and we're like a big chunk of it and yep. i think those guys a lot of them end up going to pua hate and the incels because elliot roger went to pua hate and a lot of his things a lot of his rants were about how that stuff doesn't work it's a lie it's whatever but now i think people just skip yep. a step altogether of even trying the self-improvement thing they just start out with oh, their yeah. fatalism I, yeah. I put a link in the uh chat but you should you should check, you should check it out it's pretty interesting it's these guys who were into all that red pill PUA stuff in a community in North Carolina. And they were just okay. doing all this manipulative stuff to get laid in there. Uh, not Asheville. God, I love Asheville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys owned a coffee shop and kind of had this full oh. bohemian hipster thing going on. And Assholes. they were just uh, getting laid like crazy in their community and keeping spreadsheets and swapping stories and all this stuff. But if you look at them, you could tell they're just probably like guys who look like they're normal, good looking guys. They dress well. I think they probably just learned a couple of uh, cheap tricks and whatever. Like they were never in danger of becoming uh, incels. I think I think guys like that were like the few actually were getting laid off of, of uh, pickup artistry. I think my personal theory is most of them weren't. And, and were the proto incels that we see today. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having sex, even if it's transactional, it's fine. Uh, but like, you know, for example here, it's saying that he sort of like, you know, chuckles question about uh, questionably consensual sex. And that is where the line is pretty clear. Uh, if it's questionably consensual, it's not consensual. That's uh, been kind of ironed out in the last couple, couple of years. If there was any question about that, now the question is not questionable. It's uh, pretty straightforward. I feel like the same type of um, nihilism and fatalism and sense of hopelessness that's kind of changed old school liberalism to like new socialism or change old school conservatism to like the alt-right i think has changed like what used to be like the bootstrapish pickup artist mindset of the arts with this more than ever um incel as the answer like this uh, nothing's going to change so we need and some of the solutions ironically are kind of systemic right because because they have ideas of like government getting them like girlfriends or something like that is that something that comes up 
Yeah, well, universal basic income is a huge thing, and there are big, like, Yang Gang incel tribes out there. Because, um, I mean, one of the cornerstones of the idea of this whole neatdom thing being not an education, um, employment or training is the idea of having a basic amount of money you can get by on and not having to interact with the world. Uh, but one of the things with this is that there is, especially in the United States, where things like minimum wage um, are quite low, uh, education is at a premium. Uh, and it can be it can be appear unaffordable. I would never have got a degree in the United States, God no. And um, that idea of getting up that social ladder, a lot of it really is quite predetermined uh, by your your placement at birth, whether your genetics are good or whether your family has status. Uh, you know, a lot of these things really do seem to feel at least predetermined, uh, as opposed to the old style where you could just go and get a job out of high school and you could buy a house and you could get a wife and you could have kids and you'd eventually die and life was fine. It's kind of dead. That, that idea is dead. And it feels like things are more and more inherited, whether it be genetics, whether it be education through the lens of your parents, whether it be education through the location you've been born into, the social strata you're born into, and a lot of the things that are you know, sort of um, uh, available to you uh, from birth till you know, adulthood when you're meant to be self-sufficient. I would be terrified if I was in the United States and many other countries, of course, inceldom is very much not limited to the United States and is um, widespread across the world. So different economic systems, different social stratas and different uh, cultures uh, have their own approach to inceldom. Yeah, uh, but in the United States... Japan seems oof. to be a, a very big groundbreaker in a lot of this, like... Yes. Because one, yeah. Yeah, one um, thing I remember, there was the herb. The hikikomori? Yeah, is, is that the herbivore thing? Or is that something different? Hikikomori? Yeah. Hikikomori is the um, the isolated Japanese male. Uh, due to their emphasis on family, they're often uh, quite dependent on their parents, and their parents, being very decent and tolerant people, um, tend to really tolerate a lot of bullshit and house them and hold them and allow them to basically exist in this sort of lay down and rot kind of mentality. And, you know, they basically just sort of sit at home and, uh, you know, masturbate furiously and uh, <laughs> eat junk food. Um, which is basically the incel dream. There's, uh, there is that underlying sense of violence and um, and simmering anger under there. And uh, not too long ago, uh, a father killed his son and said that he had to do it because he knew that eventually he was going to do something violent and he had to stop that from happening. Wow. And that is really quite a profound situation to be in where, uh, you know, a father um, actually has to kill his son in cold blood to prevent that son from inflicting violence upon society. I'd like to not be in that position. Thanks. That's yeah. awful. I'm, I'm looking it up now. It's interesting. They apparently have different names. There is the Hikikimori, the, uh, which are the shut-ins. There's a yep. Padocyto, which is a Parasites, Singles. Oh, wow. And herbivores. Uh, herbivores are the stories that used to come out in the arts, but they all kind of sound like the same thing. It's, it's interesting. It's kind of similar to like the, the incel thing, where there's like a million different slight tax, taxonomy differences. But like, yeah, yeah. But to me, the, the Hikikimori sounds like the, the wave of herbivore articles that they're talking about with Japan. But one thing that I remember being funny was if you looked on a lot of men's sites back in the day, including on those like pickup artist sites and stuff, they used to make fun of this kind of stuff and all those different manosphere sites and like, you know, talking about, oh, that's why you have to learn game and be an alpha. But it's like now most of those guys have become, are taking a quote unquote God pill or they've, uh, you know, become MGTOW or incel themselves and stuff. And I, now it makes you realize that like, a lot of this stuff, Japan was a canary in the coal mine. Like American people were laughing at it. It's like there before the grace of God go us. And like America is, you know, I think with a lot of racism too, like a lot of uh, Americans kind of want to believe Asian people are like naturally defective. They have their weird Confucianist ways that make them susceptible to this stuff. And that'll never happen to us. They do the same thing with like black countries. Like, you know, there's coups that happen there or uh, despots and like, oh, we can never get a fascist leader. And, and like, look at America now, you know, and, you know, and, and I think been like a big wake up call, like, like, no, that is us. Yeah. Well, like, uh, you know, the America is 
one of my favorite countries in the world. I've been there several times. I absolutely adore the place. And one of the things that I love about America is it is so blindingly diverse. Um, and you can, you know, you can eat whatever you like. You can experience so many different people. You hop across state boundaries and it's like you're in another country. And uh, I, I feel like the, the sky is kind of the limit in the States. And you sort of you do everything and also nothing at once. And, um, and things like hikikomori and stuff like that are these like uniquely Japanese things that just do something that the Americans just really just don't. And I think it's fascinating in the way that the Americans sort of other the hikikomori without even really realizing that they have their own shut-in culture. And it is uh, a lot based around isolation from social interaction and a lack of sort of intimacy in its own sort of form. And, uh, and while it's culturally miles apart, the similarities are, are quite wide. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting the way I think with the incel um, culture, I think in America, uh, it's, it seems to be something that they just don't really want to have to accept. And that, not just incel culture, but also loneliness in general. Uh, there's a very Disney character type face on the American dream. And anything that doesn't, uh, you know, sort of conform to that has that kind of like bad vibes thing. You know, like I see people with bumper stickers saying no bad vibes, which is the most disgusting thing because there are bad vibes and some people are having a tough time. Uh, 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 and yeah. this is literally saying we isolate that from ourselves. We do, we other those who are feeling Adversity. I mean, if anything, we've gotten worse at it because now you can't even disagree with anybody about anything. It's like it, it's like if you don't like the same show as someone else likes, it's all about um, sh sh uh, let people enjoy things. Like, how dare you? Uh, stop being a hater. Like, there's this kind of thing where, yeah, people just like people take offense to if you don't like the things they like or if you're like, like this idea of let people enjoy things. Like, somehow you not liking it is actually taking away their ability to enjoy the thing. It's very interesting, you know? Yeah, um, everybody can has joined us. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty, so I might mess with the continuity of the episode. I'm just mentioning it now so that, you know, if the producer has to cut around and con conversational topics drop, uh, that's what happened. But Ken just joined us in the meantime, and uh, Ken, uh, Joel here, and this might be a good place to uh, shift to. It's perfect with Ken coming here. How did you get into this? Because Joel did a lot of research onto into the insult stuff, and he wrote these articles, and that's why I invited him on because the world was like really fascinating, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and um, he did like three articles, and the first one I saw was Hope, Cope, and Rope, mm. and can you explain what Hope, Cope, and Rope are? So uh, hope is the idea that something is ever going to change, which of course is just completely absurd because nothing's going to change. You are a genetic subhuman. Your number has never come up and it never will. And hope is basically for normies and people with complete sense of delusion. Then you got cope and cope is the coping mechanisms you use throughout life, whether it be some sense of self-improvement or maybe seeking the comfort of an escort or anything that really more or less just dulls the pain of being an incel. So, um, so the pickup artist stuff would be a cope. Mm. Total cope. Um, but it's also a part of hope as well. Like, you know, the idea that something might change and you might ascend. Um, ascending is when you basically graduate from inceldom. Uh, you've, you've been an incel. You've, uh, you know, done a few things. You've tried a few things out. And finally, you've broken through that invisible wall. And people now suddenly like you and treat you as a human being. Uh, very rare. And when it happens, there's mixed reactions from others. Some of them are very proud and happy. Some of them say you're never an incel in the first place. And a lot of them are basically teenagers that really didn't have much of a grounds to be upset outside of the fact that their friends are getting laid in high school and they weren't, which is pretty common, to be honest. And the rope is unfortunately the, um, the goal of most incels, which is to commit suicide, which is a very common trope within incels because Let's face it, in a situation like theirs with extreme isolation, uh, real lack of career or purpose, a lack of social mobility, which stifles anything that could really bring them any sense of joy. Unfortunately, um, you know, it's, it's quite understandable that a lot of them would find that their lives are more challenged than pleasure and may, you know, 
maybe better off um, calling it a day. And unfortunately, a lot of times when people say they're going to commit suicide, it's very rare that people will say, oh, don't do it because they know this person's suffering. They just uh, wish them well and, and tell them not to not to fuck it up. There's a lot of interesting incels on the internet, like on YouTube. Um, not these usual message boards, but there's YouTube incels that are weirdly entertaining. Like they're yeah. Like, they're not as bad as you would think. Like, both their looks... Their cadence, how they talk, their jokes. Like, I've found some on YouTube because I want to do some research and end up falling down a rabbit hole. And, like, <laughs> some of them have this dry sense of humor and all this stuff. Like, there was this one, I guess it was a dating show, right? Uh, I don't know if either of you guys have seen it. It doesn't exist in America. I don't know how it doesn't, but it exists all around the world. And basically, this dating show, right, is just is a wall of women and a guy comes out. And the women just turn off their lights in different rounds. Oh, okay. And, you know, like, so, so the guy will come out. And then first, as soon as the guy comes out, some women just turn off their lights before he even says anything, right? Then they talk to him a little bit. And then more women turn out the lights. And then they ask around, like, the women, like, hey, why did you uh, turn off the light? And she'll be like, oh, he's too short. Or he imagined my brother. Oh, or, wow. you know, whatever. And then, like, yep. some of it's so brutal. Like, the guy will just come out. And before anyone asks him a question, all the women turn off the... Uh, Damn. Lights, it's brutal, and then the incels straight into incel, incel country. Uh, yeah, but yeah. but somehow these incels find this show. It's not even showing in America, but they will just talk. Oh, they'll and find do, it. They'll do commentary <laughs> over episodes of this. Like, see, like this is why uh, women are bitches. This is why. Yeah, uh, and, and no hope. Yeah, and this is this weird glee from watching the guy fail because they don't want hope. That's gonna get better. Like they didn't want to see a guy succeed. What they want to see is everyone fail and mm-hmm. proof that there's no hope for me. Like, like, look, you see that? Right. Oh, yeah. and, all these, and all these women are just horrible. Yeah, all these women are yeah. horrible, and there's nothing you can do. Like that guy failed. That guy failed. That guy failed. So what can I do? What can you expect from me? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing with chad fishing and things like that. They want to know that everyone else is doing well and they're not. Yeah. And they know they want that vindication of the idea that their theory on why that is, which is something completely out of their control, like their appearance um, on a physical level, uh, is to blame for all their failings. And to be honest, sometimes they're kind of right. I mean, like the Chad fishing experiments, they do have a lot of mixed results. But uh, you know, it's it's quite it's fairly blatantly obvious that if you are in a situation where the metric of acceptance is being attractive, and a lot of the interaction to transactional if you are to appear as being an attractive person and your personality is lacking in some way your personality is not the main metric for acceptance on the platform and you will have great success i mean it's it's pretty straightforward i don't think it's um exactly a perfect experiment but uh yeah and chad fishing of course is when uh basically someone who's usually an incel but uh it's a bit of a sort of you know social experiment for people is they put attractive people's pictures on tinder and see how many messages and matches Mm -hmm. they get and then they'll gradually make the person they have the photo of more and more of a degenerate uh often referring to some kind of prior incident of uh say maybe being a sex offender towards children or having prior engagements with domestic violence in order to make the person so completely unappealing on a say personality level but yet be an absolute stunning piece of uh you know attraction uh, in the in the in the pictures and they'll they'll play that off on the idea that personality isn't how things like tinder and the sexual marketplace work proving that if you're ugly you can't make it yeah so like uh the person make a profile and the profile is like a guy who looks like total like alpha douchebag no shirt on muscles abs spiky hair you know looks like an underwear model and then they'll be re- uh, revealing stuff like, you know, in the profile, like, yeah, yeah, I used to rape kids, but, you know, don't worry about that shit like that. And then That's weird. a lot of these girls will still want want to holler at the guy. What? And then, yeah, and then they'll be using it like, like, see, look at that. Uh, look at these bitches. All they care about is looks like, you know, and and they, they just do all this stuff to just kind of torture themselves. But, but you know what I find interesting, too, that I noticed, right? This is the two things that, that they want to see. They want to see somebody who's supposedly genetically better than them winning so they could say oh that'll never be me but they want to see someone who reminds them of themselves losing so they can say oh see i'll never um there's no hope for me right and that's what this game show is like it's called take me out i found the name it's called take me out but but this is the part i find really interesting right if someone who at first does kind of look like them 
ends up succeeding, then they tell themselves, oh, that person actually wasn't like me. That guy's actually kind of good looking or he's kind of like a, a, like a like a closet Chad or he's uh, he's not a real incel. So basically, no matter what happens, the conclusion is preserved. If, mm-hmm. you know, they'll elevate the guy into that there's something good about him. They already, they already have their as, answer. They just torture themselves the whole time. Exactly, exactly. And they'll just, they'll just keep reverse engineering the evidence until it fits theory that they already came into it with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and so there's so many different ways in which incels manifest their inadequacies. Like, you know, there's the idea of uh, like short cell, height cell, which is like, you know, if you're not tall, um, you know, you can uh, you can basically kiss any kind of uh, sexual relationship to buy. I was on the I was on the bus going to a Tinder date once, and I got a phone call from the girl. And phone calls on the way to Tinder dates can be a bit sort of strange. It's, it's weird to get that. So I answered it, and she said, "Oh, I just wanted to ask how tall you are." I said, oh, I don't know, maybe 5'11". And she said, oh, I just wanted to check. I'm like, okay, so what height would you have cancelled on? She's like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm like, okay. And I went along, and I couldn't help but to have that in the back of my head the whole time. This was when I'd already sort of, you know, sort of checked out the incel culture. And it just was that, like, as they like to say in the incel scene, black pill, which is the, the realisation that looks, height, and the ability to socialise effectively is a huge advantage in life which isn't based on this organic idea that everyone's equal and that date would have been cancelled five minutes before it happened if i'd said five seven and i think that's pretty baked and if i was five seven i would have gone home feeling pretty rejected from something i have no control over but but at the end of the day, I had I had to say this as a, a person that I'm not the tallest dude in the world. But at the end of the day, when you get rejected, go get another one. Yeah, it's so much rejection though. That's the thing with the incels. They uh, they have these amazing like uh, sense of like stoicism where they they try and they try and they try. Maybe their numbers are inflated, but a lot of these guys will say that they've you know really 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 put themselves out there um and the constant rejection has just worn away to a point where they've just gone you know sort of uh, uh you know like just completely just out yeah. of the game because it's just driven them to madness which is it's fair but like you know look if you get rejected once and you give up then you're really not giving, you're not it a giving shot. yourself a These chance guys will put up big numbers of uh, interactions or maybe you have maybe you have, have some entitlement well, entitlement's a massive issue when it comes to the incel community, and there's definitely two sides to it. One of them is I find fascinating, which is that you're only really entitled to something if you're not receiving it. Mm. I am not entitled because I have a healthy sex life. Right. They're entitled because they believe they should right. have one, which I find fascinating because like that idea of entitlement to something that does seem like a fairly normal aspect of life uh, also has the fact that it's, you know, it takes two to tango. So the idea of being entitled to someone else's consent to their participation, to their existence, well, that doesn't work. So we haven't really explored the third leg of entitlement. But that's something that kind of surprised me about how many minority insults they are, because I feel like when you're a minority, you kind of are used to not feeling entitled to stuff. So the yeah. fact that there were so many black insults, I was, you know, but then again, maybe uh, with negative stereotyping or positive stereotyping based how you look at it, like that's supposed to be the one thing uh, black guys are supposed to get, be getting plenty of is uh, sex. You know what I mean? So right. Supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah supposedly. supposedly. So maybe in the case of some black guys, they might be thinking like, hey, this was supposed to be the one good thing about being black was I was supposed to uh, <laughs> be, 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 be fetishized, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least I got that going after all this bullshit I get in the street. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, and and I, I can't even get fetishized by anybody, you know. So yeah, where's where's the where's the rub, man? Like, yeah. yeah, I think that white entitlement definitely does come out a lot stronger. Um, you know, like I find I catch myself with white entitlement all the time, and um, and it's uh, it's a real balancing act because. You know, you sort of sit here and you think, what is the, where's the gap between this idea of white entitlement and this also this idea of like protecting yourself and preserving yourself? Um, there's, a, there's a real sort of line around that where um, you can go from being entitled to then being the kind of person that doesn't actually try and achieve or 
get things in society because you think, why am I being entitled by looking for that, by requesting that, by feeling that I'm allowed to have that? It's a, there's a real balancing act there. Um, but unfortunately for incels, the balancing act is kind of predetermined because uh, when they feel entitled to something, uh, they're not going to get it. And they're not going to get it because, unfortunately, they don't have the prerequisites in order to make that situation accessible. And if it's not accessible, then you have to work very hard to get it. And a situation like theirs, especially in this sort of like, you know, now, 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 seconds, minutes, seconds, minutes type culture, that kind of, you know, building up to a certain point to get what you're after. You don't work for things so much anymore because, to be honest, if you work for something for a set of years, chances are the metric changes while you're doing it and you end up at the bottom of the pile again. Ken, mm. listen to these definitions. This is level three in Sell Them. No job, no friends, you are trash. It's called pure true sell. A man too damaged to even leave the house and ask girls on dates. Wow. Can't get rejected because he can't even ask. Pure basement dwelling. The peak of social isolation. Failure of existence. This is how they describe themselves. It's not even like somebody's Damn, in front so of So they know what the problem is already. Yeah, or maybe not even know it, but they create the problem because it might not even be that bad. They just believe this about themselves. Right, right, right. This uh, is a lot of negative self-talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Level two in them. This is a little bit better. Have a job. Male friends might live. That's called the standard incel. Is out, yeah, exactly. Is out and about in the world. Asking for dates both in person and online, but getting rejected endlessly. You know, so he's at least trying to ask for dates. He's getting rejected. Then above that is premium incel. That's, that's level one. Sounds like a that's bunch like, of credit cards you can get. <laughs> yep. It's a whole hierarchy. They love rigid hierarchies. Uh, can get dates and has been on dates, but for one reason or another, can never get close with a kiss or sex. Can turn the date into a series of dates and eventually a relationship. He's passable enough for girls to date, but too ugly for girls to ever commit to him in any way. Then this is the best one. Level zero incel them, which is like an incel poser, like a fake incel. They call it fake cell normie light. It says, has had sex before, has had some female friends. He just hasn't had sex in decades and hangs around with incels because he can't repeat his success. Decades? But he has ach- Damn. <laughs> yeah. But he has achieved success and for that reason, doesn't deserve to be here. And uh, and uh, Joel, I wanted to talk about that. This idea of fake incels, like people who is like, wait, you don't really have it as bad as us. You're just a guy who's just not trying hard enough. We're, we're the real losers. You're just a poser. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a huge aspect of the incel community, the, the fake self. Um, and it's a very strange place to be, but uh, it's that idea of getting some sort of sense of uh, fake sympathy. And the irony is that it, no one wants to be an incel. It's a very deluded idea of a fake cell sort of existing. But at the same time, you've got a lot of people who, in that sort of younger age bracket, who quite uh, easily have given up hope and get that kind of derision from uh, older incels or those who have had a bit more, you know, sort of a um, really quite life-affirming experience as an incel, whether it be sort of, you know, being mocked by women or just generally having some seriously traumatic episodes through their, their younger lives. And these guys who come in and say, oh, no one's having sex with me in the street. It's like, no shit, idiot. Uh, you know, it's, it's not really how it works. And these kids just kind of need to grow up. But I don't think that their sadness and trauma should be ignored the way the whole fake cell idea uh, comes up because if someone is desperate enough to try and join a community like the incel community to try and get some sort of solidarity with other people who are feeling some sense of suffering they're suffering that's yeah. that's not a place that people go because it's the cool kids club there's no ir- irony in the cool kids club these are publicly hated people in this subculture um, so the idea of a fake cell I think comes across as being a little bit silly considering that there's no aspect of society that yearns to be within the four walls of inceldom it's a very sad place to be the um the thing the thing that i found pretty interesting too was that they have names for everything like uh ken uh the black incels called the the tyrone cell uh <laughs> what yeah 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 a black cell is a, is a tyrone cell yeah, really? uh like tyrone cell uh the the asian one is curry cell wow um what do they call like the east asian one uh is chang right? cell was that there's chang cell oh that's... wow <laughs> for chinese people uh yeah it's that's pretty strong and the uh 
and the Harpers with the you know the half Asians and stuff like that. The um the sense of Asian inadequacy in the sexual market uh, across the internet is really starting to blow up. Uh, and it's uh, you know the one child policy didn't exactly help in China with a huge uh, surplus of sort of very sort of you know um lonely and you know sort of frustrated men in china alongside this sort of fetishization of uh so you know the white man and white culture coming from a lot of asian places it's it's a real like it's it's an expanding issue that's um been fascinating to watch but it's also a part of a subculture i don't really belong to so i find like you know reading it from afar but something that i don't feel i can really understand or identify but with a large asian population uh, it is it's interesting to see how the interactions happen and you can see a lot of really lonely looking kind of nerdy guys um, around the place who have come here for university who just look like that their, their facial expression says I've made a huge mistake so something that's weird about them too when I was looking at online when I was looking at the YouTube videos the show was called take me out and and, and what I can do is I can send you a link to it in the room like you could turn the sound off and just look at it because if you look if you look at it you'll be able to see I'll, I'll put a link in the room you'll be, able, you'll be able to see what the show is like I'll put it in the show notes too um, a link to the show but uh if you skip around in that YouTube video you'll see it but um they happen in different countries like you know South Africa and then one of the things that happened right was uh in one of the episodes in south africa they had all these uh black girls in that one and then the black guy came out and then like all the lights kind of went out and then the white guy came out and like all the lights stayed on yeah and then the narrator was talking about, yeah, you know, as bad as we have it, these black guys have it really bad. Like nobody wants them and this and that. And a lot of that happens. And as I was watching it, I'm like, is this actually anti-racist or is this really racist? Because I'm like, is this like empathy for black guys to actually like, you know, admit like guy, black guys have a bad society or is it like racist to talk about nobody wants black guys? Like, like in, in a weird way, there's like an empathy for men of color, but there's also like a racism toward it. And I don't know what right. the ultimate net effect is. I mean, Ken, w- one thing that I that I felt like, you know, personally in my life, I'm sure like you've probably felt the same way. It's like, like being, being a black guy, I've never felt like, like I felt that it has its difficulties, right? But yeah. I've also felt like it's had its advantages. Like I've Absolutely. never thought of it as this When it comes to total, like, dating and or it it really depends on where you come from and how you grew up you know there's always uh guys out there you know some women you i've done this before i see a dude with a chick that's really really fine and i'm like damn how the hell he pulled that off you know as far as i know maybe he just got a good gift of gab you know what i mean or maybe he's known her for a long time but never in my mind did i ever say he shouldn't have her i should have her that's that elliot roger shit you know what i'm saying yeah you know, I never I, that never made that didn't make any sense to me because I always looked at it like, and, and of course, all of us. Are, I'm 38. So I've been I've had my fair share of rejections. Um, <laughs> but all it takes is, you know, a few acceptances and you kind of get some confidence. I mean, that's what kills me about the incels is like they don't even attempt to build their confidence. Like they I always wonder, like, how far are we away from this being a mental illness? It is a mental illness. Absolutely. And the, the, the lack of acceptance is sometimes not within their control because sometimes you've really got to see it to believe it when you see some of the incels who uh, are fighting um, an appearance that, uh, you know, the halo effect is very real with attractive people. You treat them differently to unattractive people. Yeah. And some of these guys look like the elephant man. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, it's it's really hard because does that mean they're just in the waste bin of history? Like, you know, should they have been shot at birth? Like, <laughs> no. You know, no, like, it it's really hard. We see big-ass athletes and rappers and all these different people that look like the elephant man, and they're doing just fine. Now, yeah, it could be, well, it, it be they're tricking. It could be that they're spending, buying, you know, sex from women or buying women's time or whatever. You know what I mean? But, 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 but also being being an athlete, I think you're such a physical specimen. That probably helps too. I'm, you know, like. Yeah. Not really. It's I the mean, Bezos you know, we talk about. It, think about it. Look at Scottie Pippen. 
<laughs> Scotty Pippen is not bad. that bad. Dude, come on, man. Bad. He's tall, man. He's tall. Right, but his face looks crazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. The people that he's not elephant man bad. Like I'm, I'm gonna. He's not listing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotty Pippen's got kind of a smushed nose. Yeah, but he, <laughs> he's not like elephant man bad. Here, here's here's something here's something interesting, right? Um, this is the thing that happens a lot. You're talking about the elephant man looking ones, right? But I think, uh, and this is the thing we could talk about too it's not really cool to be sympathetic to an incel at all so i don't no. think the news stories and stuff that cover the incels i just put a link to an article right now right the stories that cover the incels they wanted to show something like that i think it's too sympathetic so a lot of times when you show these articles of people who did a deep dive into incel forms and stuff they usually focus on the guys just look a little bad you know to kind of make you think yeah. oh these guys just making a big deal over nothing like if you look at that link from new york magazine i just i just put yeah. They show you yep. a bunch of guys who you look at them and you think, oh, this guy is not so bad. He's just a big entitled baby, you know? You know, yeah, and that's it. Like they don't really focus on the elephant man, and the elephant man exists, and the elephant man has a pretty compelling case for why they're miserable. And for some reason, it seems to be even so much as a virtue signal to completely smash them as a person and say that they're toxic and they're nasty and they're awful, which has a completely opposite effect to what they're intending to, and just makes them more and more miserable and more and more angry. Um, you know, it's the idea of bullying someone into improving their lives, which is such a weird and dumb idea. I think what happened is, you know, I think me and T talked about this a couple months ago. You know, back in the day before the Internet and these people could all meet up with each other. A lot of these dudes just watch porn and call it a day. Yeah. And now it's like porn's not enough. Now I found a brother in arms so to speak. Yep. You know what's weird? Can you call it a support group? Because it's not making you feel better, but it's it's like a support group, but for getting worse. Like, like, yeah. like it's like a, yeah. a reverse support group where it's like, hey, um, let's all to get together and just find ways to enable, like an enabling group. Or if there's such a thing as a support group, it would be like a drug an addict group where all the addicts just find better ways to get high, you yeah. know, instead of trying to help each other kick, kick the drug. And I think that's what the internet really does a lot of, where it's like maybe back in the day, it's like they're, they're sharing needles instead of taking each other to rehab. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or, yeah. or finding ways to get high faster. Like, yeah. hey, if you, if you if you get high this way, you take it, uh, inject it in your butt, you'll get high like even <laughs> more intensely. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two be good